0: Welcome to the Sensual Alchemy School podcast where we explore grief, pleasure and the sometimes messy, always beautiful paradox that exists between the two. Here, as we centre the experience of our wise bodies through the archetypal feminine, we ask. Within a culture that perceives emotional, intuitive and creative intelligence as inferior and avoids pain at all costs, what if grief were our compass and pleasure our medicine? My name is Kate Leeper, and I'm so grateful you're here. Why, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. It's so fab to be back, and I'm especially pumped after receiving so many reflections about last week's Bad Girl Body episode. It seems that the exiled expressions of the feminine really hit home for so many of you. And just a reminder that I'm teaching the free workshop of the same name tomorrow, the 22nd of September. This podcast is coming out on the 21st. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode and you're a woman who has been desperately trying to untangle from the good girl complex, I really encourage you to dive on in. But if you want to go a step further, go and check out kateleeper.com slash badgirlbody to get all the details on the free class and to secure your place. Now, it will be live tomorrow at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, but the recording will be available for one week afterwards. So it's still totally worth getting on board the Bad Girl Body train, even if you won't be able to make it live or you, um, it's already past the 22nd when you're listening. So hopefully you'll still be able to take advantage of it. And now full disclosure on the back of the Bad Girl Body Workshop, I'm facilitating a juicy four-week online immersion called Women, Grief and Power. And today's episode is going to give you a real taste of what we'll be exploring in this immersion. So listen to the end if you think this offering speaks to you. And you can also jump onto kateleaper.com slash power, where you'll get the full lowdown. All right, so today we're bringing some fire, my friends. I guess we're fanning the flames of last week's episode, really. Because we're talking all things grief and power, specifically in relation to how we as women relate to power and why grief has so much to do with it. I'll be sharing with you three truths that I believe are necessary to consider in our own healing and empowerment work. And this has been an area that I've been really fascinated by for so many reasons, For me, the past handful of years have involved some major personal work around boundaries, codependency and understanding imbalances of power in lots of different areas of my life. I mean, I'd say that ever since I could remember, I've been called opinionated and strong-willed and not necessarily in a derogatory way, but... You know, I swear that despite that, up until a few years ago, I had terrible, terrible interpersonal boundaries. And I'm not a meek, passive person, right? So I would get so confused at why I couldn't seem to establish and maintain boundaries around my time, my space, my bodies and desires. And it's been quite the journey to really understand what was at the core of these struggles for me, how codependent I was, how little I truly respected my own space and time, and how much I'd internalised that my body was to always have a big old open sign on it, (laughs) you know, not just to my husband but also to my babies, And I breastfed all three of my daughters and I co-slept to some degree with all of them because I chose to and I really saw value in those decisions for me and for them. Yet I think back to my eldest and holy moly, how differently I mothered her in some ways compared to how I mother my third. And look, I have no doubt that this is also due to being better practiced, and obviously now having to navigate two other children in the mix, it naturally impacts the dynamic for sure. But I also acknowledge that since my eldest was born nine years ago, I've invested a lot of energy in developing the skills around self-boundaries. In unraveling my tendencies towards codependency and a general sense I guess, of my body being property that can just be used and abused. And this might sound dramatic, but I'm aware from working with so many women that an enormous amount of us, for so many reasons, make our bodies, hearts, and minds an open shop at all times. Whether that be for dutiful wife sex, or constant breastfeeding, or undesired co-sleeping arrangements or being lumped with an extraordinary level of emotional labour within the family dynamic, it seems important to get honest about what's happening here. You know, where have I, at some point or another, created 24-7 access to my energy, my emotional capacity and my physical being without realising it? So this is where we're going to begin our exploration today around women and power. Just noticing in your own life, the different ways you experience power in your private life and also in more public spheres. Understanding that all humans, regardless of gender identity, are often at the mercy of non-consensual power hierarchies. Power dynamics that are established without most people actually having a say about them. I mean, even just think about doctors and patients or police and civilians, um, super traditional husband and wife roles, you know, these hierarchies that are kind of written into the soci- um, societal rule books that we simply accept as the norm. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that all power dynamics are harmful, of course not. But I feel it's important to realize that we're playing roles all day, every day, moving between more submissive and more dominant flavors of power in each interaction, whether we choose it or not. And all this occurs with the knowledge that as women for around, you know, up to 10,000 years, we've been existing in a social structure and within a legitimating ideology in which men have more power and privilege over us. And for much of human history, the persistence of male domination was so much part of the oxygen of life that patriarchy was not even identified as a concept. The notion that male supremacy was natural was self-fulfilling since those who wrote the laws, the poems, the religious books, the philosophy, the history The medical treaties, the scientific texts, they were very largely men writing for the benefit of men. But if you see the world through the eyes of patriarchy, you also might notice how many intelligent, successful, and apparently assertive women fail to leave men who humiliate them and monitor their every move you might become aware of even apparently liberal organisations, even those run by women still that have a gender pay gap. Or why about one woman a week is killed by their intimate partner in Australia. Why women do more childcare and housework than men. And why this domestic second shift has until recently been completely ignored by economists. Why the appearance of women are avidly critiqued, but how men look is far less important. And why there are so few meaningful female characters in films, things like that. You know, some theories are like a pair of glasses that allow otherwise invisible or inexplicable things to be seen with sudden sharpness, and patriarchy is one of them. I don't know about you, dear one, but it's all of the above that makes me wary of the concept of power in and of itself. How can power be different from what we've known and experienced for thousands and thousands of years? How can power in different hands possessing different ideologies and intentions be utilised to bring about greater equality and justice for all? Now, while this podcast is not specifically about social relations or gender politics, when we're talking about women, grief and power as it lives and breathes through our bodies, we're inevitably going to bump up against our own blueprints of embodied oppression. And this leads me to the first truth. Truth number one is that many women feel stuck between a longing to wield more power in some aspects of their lives and a simultaneous desire to be held and genuinely to yield in the care of others. This is in stark contrast to a kind of striving to acquire power over others or being forced to submit to unwelcome dominance. I'm talking about accessing deeply embodied personal power anchored by a sense of safety and supported by the required skills to sometimes harness the natural inclination towards wielding a more activated dominant energy and at other times leaning back in consensual receptivity and truly yielding. And this is as relevant in the workplace as it is within intimate relationships, as it is within friendships, extended families, community groups, you name it. And it makes sense to me that this stuckness can be confusing because after so long feeling powerless, the want to reclaim personal power and greater social recognition and leadership is there in spades yet women are so ground down by millennia upon millennia of servitude under the structures and within the structures that be, that we also yearn for the kind of power that is in support of our rest and recuperation. And it's not helpful for women to think that a lack of personal power, a lack of an ability to move between these states organically, is somehow a deficit in us that we just need to learn to be more assertive or to learn to relax more. Because where yes, it is really helpful to work on unraveling the stories ingrained in our DNA and learn communication skills and heal our nervous system patterning, we also need to demand more from our husbands and partners, our bosses and colleagues, our parents, our siblings, and in some cases our friends to illuminate the harm in some of the power hierarchies that we just take for granted and as women simply manage or scoot around to alleviate discomfort. And so this kind of a limbo land further intensifies truth number two. A truth number two acknowledges that under the rage and or fragility of injustices of power is grief. Coming into honest communion with the grief is the key to accessing the deeply embodied blueprints of the feminine and liberating... Our expression and personal power from the inside out. Now, as we speak about a lot on this podcast, grief is a state that can feel wildly uncomfortable to be with and move with. And I think that because women are labeled as emotionally fragile and sensitive creatures, To counteract that stereotype, many of us actively work to avoid our sensitivity or shame ourselves into keeping it under wraps. I also think that many of us have awakened to our anger far more than the generations that have preceded us. And not only are we more willing to acknowledge our anger, we're also safer to express it. And although vastly different for each of us, many women share with me how satisfying it is to freely express anger and to allow allow the fire to be there, particularly when our mothers and our mothers' mothers and all that came before felt extremely unsafe letting their anger be seen and released. So it's these factors combined that may contribute to our reluctance to be with the grief that sits below the anger. For some of us, it might feel like making space for grief is a step backwards, where being fueled by anger to actively fight against abuses of power feels like a more productive energy. And I get that, I really do. I think it's important to honour and be energized by righteous anger because this kind of mobilizing energy is required to maintain momentum in the feminist activism space. We can't just be sitting around either like robots pretending all is dandy or in a puddle of helpless tears. But I believe there's another way entirely. A way that doesn't deny the grief under the anger that in fact utilizes grief as another source of mobilizing energy, a deeper, more sustained energy that comes from a place of sincere reverence for all that's been lost, while opening to creative problem-solving through intimacy with the body's communicating of possibilities. If we're red-hot with anger 24-7, we get into tunnel vision. We can't receive the available wisdom and we can't see what's possible as far as new ways of relating to one another and cultivating more love and justice in the world. The work I do at Sensual Alchemy School is about learning to be with grief in the body in ways that rewire your relationship to life. I believe that our bodies are story keepers and that these stories when transmuted from an intellectualized narrative into an expression of art through feeling connection and ritual can open this gateway into healing the past and forging innovative paths forward. All right. So with that, here is truth number three when it comes to women and power And this one kind of is broken down into two parts. Part A relates to this. If you are someone who works in close relationship to others where you are the authority in some way, say a teacher, coach, therapist, health professional, consultant, for example, then however honest and willing you are, to be with the complexity of your grief at the hands of oppressive power hierarchies will inevitably impact on the power dynamics in your human-centred change-making work. Because here's the thing, whether we like it or not, patriarchal conditioning is infused into our bone marrow. This cultural ideology of power over is the only norm we've known. So when we're working with clients, patients, students, whoever it is receiving our services, it's really tricky because on one hand, we might be devoted to creating relationships that move beyond the ways we've been taught, to work in ways that feel respectful, reciprocal and just. Yet on the other hand, we might be carrying either consciously or unconsciously a messy, painful and unjust relationship to power that seeps out when we're under great stress or even when we're achieving big things and our ego gets in the way. And this is a piece of the puzzle that many visionary creative women miss. The second thing here, part B of the truth, is that they also often miss the pleasure piece, which is just as crucial. This is the piece that offers a revolutionary access into our own personal power as women in ways that don't abandon our grief, but instead make space for it. True embodied pleasure that isn't in the shape of numbing or bypassing is an antidote to martyrdom, burnout and emotional repression. The very ingredients that I believe lead to power tripping, passive aggression, and stifled creativity if they're not attended to. But I think perhaps I need to dedicate an entire episode to part B of that truth. So stay tuned for that one because our pleasure is a major factor in how we as women can learn to access our personal power and lay solid. Integral foundations for external power dynamics in our families, workplaces and communities that are meaningful and ethical. So in a nutshell, I guess this final point is rooted in the inescapable truth that if we desperately want to shift our culture's macro relationship to power in the microcosms of our own professional environments or creative alliances Then as women, we've got to get real about the shitty, uncomfortable stuff we're harboring inside and commit to developing embodied literacy around this in both the realms of moving with our grief and healing our receptivity to pleasure. Well, my loves, if you're doing epic work in the world, this really is such a hugely vital area for you to explore And not just theorize about, but to come together in safety and connection in order to genuinely break free of these cycles of power that don't feel good and simply aren't sustainable. Now, it is for this reason that I'm running the live online immersion I spoke to at the beginning of this podcast episode called Women, Grief and Power that kicks off on October the 6th. It's a month-long program in which I'll be teaching and guiding you into new codes of power through feminine embodiment, nervous system healing, and creative expression. This immersion will be a game-changer, not only for your relationships, but for your leadership. It will create a container for you to play with the different power hierarchies you're currently navigating in your own life, and support you to evolve into the desired power dynamics that your body yearns for. So don't delay if you're keen to be part of this immersion experience. You can check out all the details over at kateleaper.com/power. I'm super excited to bring you this course, as I don't see anyone offering anything similar for creative women leaders in this way. Okay. Well, that's all for this week. And as always, it's been a joy getting down to the messy depths with you, exploring all things grief and pleasure alchemy. Thank you as always for being here. And if you're digging the podcast, don't forget to share the love, you know, send it to somebody else, you know, working as a healer, coach, teacher, leader in some way. Let's make sure that we're sprinkling these new ways of being with our bodies, our grief and our pleasure far and wide. All right. Until next time, take care. Thank you for joining me today on the Sensual Alchemy School podcast. If you found this episode supportive or something landed for you here, please share it with your friends, family, and anyone who you feel might benefit. If you're loving this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to ensure that we can keep bringing you the conversations you need. And if you want to connect, please find me at kateleeper.com or over on Instagram at kate.leeper. I'd love to hear from you.